Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So thank you so much for joining me today. And if you're a new listener, welcome to the show. Glad that you're here. Welcome to the community. And you can always listen to all the shows in their entirety on the website, as well as my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com, as well as the 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk radio website. You just go on that website, look under hosts, and you can find me, and all the shows will be there. So make sure that you can listen to all of them, and you can certainly listen in, in, in entirety, and you can listen to them in your leisure. So we are really working on this week, again, how do I know when I need help? How do I know if I need professional help? How do I know if I need help? Because sometimes we don't always need what we would say, quote unquote, professional help. Sometimes we just need a life coach. Maybe we need just a good friend. Maybe we need a sponsor. Maybe we need to see our pastor. Maybe we need to see a lay counselor at our church, whatever it may be. And this is where you really want to be saying to yourself, how would I know if I need to do that? Well, I read you this wonderful uh, devotional last week, which I really like, and it's from Small Streams in a Soft Wind by Marsha Burns. And she says, so many of you feel like you're taking one step forward and two steps back, but that is not the truth. You are continuing to progress, but when you feel you are going backwards, it may be because there are some valuable lessons that you need to revisit for you to truly understand more completely what the lesson is. Nothing is ever wasted in my kingdom. Everything you endure has spiritual and internal value, says the Lord. And we love this verse, Romans 8:28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. She goes on to say, you know, it's a waiting game until a breakthrough comes. The question is, how well will you wait? So you can either wait being patient and disgruntled. You can wait in silent trust and assurance that your future's in my hands. Or you can be doing something while you wait. So you can wait knowing that you belong to me and I know all things and I will lead you and guide your steps with precision. And Psalms 32.8 says, I will instruct you, teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. So we want to really be looking for where God is looking. Where is he looking? Where is he going? And so I can certainly wait until God brings the breakthrough, like she said in this. I can wait and I can be impatient and disgruntled. I can start to lose my faith. Or I can wait knowing that God is always doing good things for me. And so while I'm waiting for whatever that breakthrough, whatever that deliverance, whatever that need is, you want to ask yourself, what can I do in the meantime that will really come alongside what God is already doing inside of me? What can I do as I'm waiting? 
as I'm working through whatever this is and not giving up. And so we want to ask ourselves, why don't we ask for help? I mean, I, I think we all can answer that. There's so many reasons why we don't ask for help. And one of the biggest ones is denial. We just, we want to pretend it's not that bad. Because thinking about taking on that issue, taking on that problem, especially if it's one that has been around a long time, can feel really daunting and can feel really oppressive and depressing. It's like, why? Why am I still here? Why am I still working on this? And I want you to know that you are worth it. That this is the time to do it while we're down here on earth. This is the time. This is what Christ died for, so that we could be overcomers. And sometimes the overcoming process is very complicated. Sometimes it takes a really long time. Sometimes it's immediate. I've had some things in my life that God did in just one event, and it fixed something. And then I've had other things that God had to change in me and heal in me and work on in me that took years and then I've had some that just took a couple of steps and a little bit of adjustment. And so what I want to say to you is, it doesn't just affect you. Whatever the issue is doesn't just affect you. I wish we could localize all of our problems so that none of our problems affected anybody else. And we would like to think that people don't know about it. We like to think they don't know specifics. But what I've come to find is people know a lot more than they let on that they know. And some of that's grace. Some of that's just covering the people that you love. Some of that is looking at them knowing what they're doing and saying, I'm praying for them, and I'm hoping that they get the help that they need. So even if you don't know what the specific problem may be, even if you can't figure out what the true issue really is, but you know that you have behaviors or thoughts or feelings they're getting in the way of you having the life God has intended for you to have. Then get on with it. Let's get on with it. Let's get you what you need. And let's not let our own pride, the enemy of our soul, talk us out of the very thing that God wants to give us. And that is what we need. And so think about this. We, we, we talked about this last week, that there are a couple of things that help you know if you need to seek some professional help. One of them is distress. How distressful is your life? How distressful is whatever the issue is? What, what the behavior, what the thought is? What the burden is that you're carrying? How much time do you think about it? How much time do you take working around it? How much time do you take denying it? How much time do you take trying to pretend like it's not happening? And how much time do you take feeling guilty about it? So think about the level of distress. And then if it's a specific problem that you really do know, here's the problem. I drink too much. I eat too much. I spend too much money. I'm feeling like I want to have an affair. I'm losing my faith in God. I have a troubled child that I don't know what to do with, and I'm starting to really have negative feelings about them. I have a, a, an elderly parent that I don't know how to care for, and I'm feeling like I have just one more burden, and I can't take on another burden. What if you just have depression? It's just everything is hard. 
Everything is, is an effort. Getting out of bed is like a monumental feat. What if you have a horrible anxiety that is so distracting that you have a hard time being in present time because you're so stressed and worried all the time? Well, what if you had a traumatic event? What if you had childhood abuse? What if you had abuse as an adult? What if you were in a hostile work environment that was really traumatizing to you and you got singled out? What if you had a bankruptcy and you're so embarrassed and so ashamed? What if you had a major um, accident or illness and you're struggling to recover and you're, getting, you're losing some hope that you'll ever be okay again? See, there are so many things that go on down here on this planet, so many things that we're struggling with that God really wants to help intervene in and be a part of. So maybe it's a traumatic event. What about lack of support? What if you just don't have a safe person you can tell this stuff to? And so you get more and more lonely, more and more afraid, and more and more absorbed in trying to relieve the pain. So what if you need more support? What if you've had bad experiences with people that are supposed to be supportive, with a pastor, with a friend, with a mentor? What if you went and saw a psychotherapist and they were terrible? Well, I'm telling you, don't quit. Don't quit. You're worth it. Don't just stop because someone failed you. That's what you want to understand. If they failed you, it really truly is their failure. Don't let their failure stop you from getting what you need. Maybe you're having relationship problems. Like I said earlier, maybe you have troubled children. You're, you're having a hard time with your kids. You're trying to launch your kids. They won't leave. You've got one that ran away. You've got one that you don't know where they're at. Maybe you've got one that moved in with somebody. Maybe you've got a child that's struggling with drugs or alcohol. This, these are real things and they need help. And you need help in order to know how to help them and even if you can help them. Maybe your marriage is struggling. Maybe, how about this? What about your relationship with yourself? What if you just hate yourself? Can't stand to be with yourself. Everything you do, you just hate until you're sure that everybody else feels that way about you. And so you feel like a big fake, feel like you're not even authentic. What if you had to have a hidden life that you're not telling anybody about, right? What if you're doing some behaviors that, you know, we probably know are not really healthy and not really ethical, maybe not moral, but you have no idea who to tell or how to tell someone that you've got this other life over here. This is when we know we got to get outside of ourselves and probably outside of our community and our friends and go to someone that's not involved in our present life, but is really solely there just for us, just to help us. That it isn't a two-way relationship. It isn't you helping them and they're helping you. It really is all about you. And that's one of the things that God does for us. I don't have to take care of God. I don't take care of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They worry about me. They think about me. They take care of me. They want to help me. So getting a therapist, a doctor, a coach, someone that loves to help people, that wants to help you, that wants to take that burden away from you, wants to help you with it and have you be free and have the life that God has intended for you to have. 
So when you're choosing to do this, and you understand you're unhappy, you're dissatisfied, you're hurting, you're not proud of your life, whatever that may be, you need to understand that none of that has anything to do with your value. It doesn't make you less valuable. It makes you hurt and scared and sad. And God doesn't want any of us to feel despondent or dismayed or hopeless. Everybody has problems. I can attest to it. I've been a psychotherapist for 27 years, and I've had my own share of problems, and all of my friends have had problems. My family has had problems. This is what, what's going on in this world here. Please do not be embarrassed about having a need. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about how do you know if you need professional help? Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me today. And we are talking about how do I know when I need help? And you know, it's so funny that we ask that question, right? How do I know if I really need help? Well, <laughs> truly, this is what I say to people. If you're thinking that you might need some help and you're trying to figure out whether or not you need it, you probably need it. Because if you don't need help, why would you even consider it, right? So that's sometimes just that in and of itself is a dead giveaway. Everybody needs help. And if you remember in the show we did last week, I talked about Jesus when he needed help carrying his cross and how thankful we are that he let someone help him. Imagine if he said, no, I've got to do this all on my own. I'm the savior of the world. I need to do everything all by myself, all on my own. And he didn't make it to the cross. What if, we had, what if he had to like take another night and sleep and try to get, get some strength back and then try again on the next day? Imagine that if Jesus would have really said no to getting help. And what about that man, that unnamed gentleman who carried the cross for Christ while Christ walked behind him, barely able to walk to the hill of Golgotha? Aren't we thankful for that gentleman who stepped out of the crowd and helped Jesus? So you see, it's wonderful things that happen to the helper if we will let people help us. So we talked last week about some obstacles that might get in the way. So what's, what was one of them we talked about? Well, one of them is believing that needing help is a sign of weakness. Well, we can check that off the list because Jesus just took care of that, right? We don't see Jesus as weak. But he certainly knew, knew he needed some help. So that's a ridiculous obstacle that we can just take that right off, right, right off the table. How about this? Thinking that you don't deserve help or support. You know, that's part of what shame does. When, when we're, our lives aren't working, when we've done something that maybe we've made a bad decision and it's led to a series of bad decisions and now we're kind of in a pit, maybe we made a really stupid mistake. You know, maybe we just haven't been taking care of ourselves and now we're failing. Everybody struggles with embarrassment. They do the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only then. And they think, I shouldn't need help. I should have been on top of this. I know I can figure this out. I don't need to bother anybody with it. Oh my gosh, I shouldn't have to go spend money on myself. God forbid I would spend any money on myself. 
Well, think of what God spent on you. He spent his entire life on you because you're that valuable. You're worth spending time, money, and effort on. I do it all day, five days a week. I have to tell you, I love my job. And I'm so proud of the people that come and are willing to get help because they then affect their community in such a different manner. They change lives around them simply because they came. Simply because they took time to get what they needed, they are that much better able to give others what they need. So I want you to be choosy when you ask for help. I do. I want you to research it. I want you to have someone that that maybe comes recommended to you. And I want you to be willing to say, that's not a good fit. So if you try the first time and it doesn't really fit, don't, please do not feel like you have to take care of that professional person. If you don't like them, if it didn't fit, if it didn't work, if if it was uncomfortable, please find another person. God has someone specifically for you that is going to really fit for you. So one of the other obstacles is just not speaking up to ask for help. We just maybe hope that someone sees it, that maybe someone says, hey, you know, you look like you're struggling. You know, I've kind of been noticing. Do you think maybe you might want to go see somebody? Might want to get some help for that? Can I help you with that? And so sometimes we feel like if nobody really notices, then maybe we're making a bigger deal out of it than, than, than we shouldn't. Maybe we're afraid if someone notices, they'll be so frustrated with us or disgusted with us that they'll try to just pawn us off on somebody because they just want us to stop doing whatever it is we're doing or get what we need or somehow fix something. So we have all that shame. And shame is that toxic feeling that we have that instead of saying I did something bad, I did a bad thing, shame tells me I'm just simply a bad person. And if you're feeling that, that's what Jesus died to take away was the shame, the shame of being fallen. There's no shame in needing something. There's no shame in being a mistake-making person. There's no shame in asking for help. In fact, it's a very admirable very humble, very tough thing to do. So we also have this tendency then, and other obstacles, we're just waiting for that person to come and say, hey, I'll help you, or notice. And so we want to really think about why asking for help is so important. Well, some of it is, it means I own it. Some of it helps me feel like I'm a safer person for me because I actually did something on my own behalf. Some of it is being ready to make the changes I need to make. If I'm the one that initiates it, then I have a little bit more momentum versus somebody intervening on me. Now, sometimes we have to intervene on people. We do. And that's only because we love them. I would rather for you intervene on yourself. So I tell people a lot of times, you know, there's an intervention that needs to be done. Why don't you just simply intervene on yourself and not wait for somebody else or the law to do it, right? or the creditors, or your boss, or your husband, or your wife, or whoever it is. Just say to yourself, you know, I think I'm going to intervene on myself. This has gone on long enough. This is not working. This is exhausting. I hate feeling so yucky and bad about myself. It's costing me way too much money. I might as well, if I'm going to spend money on that, that gets me nothing. Why don't I spend money on myself that's going to actually get me something? 
So many times we wait a very long time to get help. And I know that you know that feeling, that you, if you have gotten help before, you always have that, that lamenting feeling of, you know, I should have done that a long time ago. I don't know why I waited so long. I don't know why I didn't just go get what I need. So how do we break that cycle? Well, James chapter 5, 16, and I'm going to read this also in the next segment because we're coming up on the half hour. But it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. And when you think about a righteous person, that does not mean a perfect person that's doing everything right. It means that I've been made righteous because of my belief in Jesus. So Jesus is also praying through me for that person. And so those prayers are going to be very powerful and very effective. But here's the one disclaimer. For the most part, that's barely the first step. What I have found in my life, in the life of all the people that I love, in the life of all my patients, we need a little bit more than just one prayer. We need relationship. We need corrective experiences with someone that knows us deeply and loves us anyways. And we need those corrective experiences that help us relearn how to relate to ourselves, how to relate to other people, and how to accept forgiveness consolation and support. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me again in the next segment as we talk about how do I know when I need help. This is Cynthia Hyatt and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you also for a lot of the comments that I received on Facebook and through Messenger and on Instagram about the show that we did last week and this series, this this one two-part series that we're doing on how do I know when I need help? And you know, I had this kind of funny thought, how do I know when I need professional help? You know, and I really thought about that. I thought, well, how do I know when I need professional help for my car? Well, I know I need a professional to work on my car because I'm not a mechanic. I don't know anything about it. How do I know I need professional help for my cat? Well, if she's sick, if she's injured, I'm not a veterinarian. So I know that I need to go get some help for her because I can't give her what she needs. What if I need my air conditioning fixed? Well, I'm going to call an expert. I'm going to call a professional, right? And so this is how we know that we say, you know what, if I've tried and I can't seem to get this figured out and I can look online at all of the blogs and the sites and the books that are written, apparently a lot of people don't know how to get help and don't know what to do to help themselves. And so you're in a great group. That's why God came and sent Jesus, because we all needed a savior. All of us have fallen short. All of us need help. So how, how, do we, how do we break that cycle, okay, about needing professional help? Well, I had this really, this next funny thought. I thought, you know, 
when, when I talk to people about being your own best version and that you want to be the best version of you, the original design when God thought you up and then begin to create you in your mother's womb. And he said, you are beautiful and you are wonderfully made. And he was so glad that he made you made. And he's so glad he made me. Well, I thought, wow, I want to be a professional at Cynthia Hyatt. That's what I want. To be. I don't want to just be an amateur Cynthia Hyatt or a novice Cynthia Hyatt. I want to be a professional Cynthia Hyatt. I want to be the best Cynthia Hyatt there is. The most astute, the most practiced, right? The most effective Cynthia Hyatt ever. So if I want to be a professional at something, right? I'm a psychotherapist. Well, I needed to go get educated. I need to do a practicum and supervision and a thesis and doctorate dissertations and all kinds of things to become professional at helping people. So why would you not consult a professional on people if you want to be the best you ever? You want to be the professional version of you, the one that knows you the best, knows how to be the best part of you and be the best version of you, that knows that you're doing what God has called you to do, what God is asking you to do, the whole point of why God made you. So I want you just to entertain that thought about professionals, that you go get professional help if you're not a professional at it, and you want to be the most professional version of you. So how do we do this? Well, we have to get kind of into the habit of asking God for help, first of all, and not just in big things, but in every little single thing. I want you to be talking to God all day. And we have to first remember that Jesus already has done it for us. He saved us from our sins, something we could never do on our own. He became the pure, spotless sacrifice that we could never be. The only offering that would sacrifice God's perfect justice. So his willingness to die in our place proves his immense love. And we need to reflect on this need for help. Every Christian man has enough failures in his past to remind him that going it alone simply hasn't worked. We shouldn't be embarrassed by our failures. We should be embarrassed because we were too arrogant to accept God's help. But it's never too late to remedy that. And thirdly, we want to learn from other Christians other Christian men, other Christian women who've humbled themselves and daily rely on God for help and have gone out to seek more help in the natural, not just making it a spiritual endeavor. And we see victories in their lives. We read the Bible about all the heroes of the Bible. And we marvel many times at how mature they are, at their calmness, at their faith how trustworthy they are. We look up to them. We admire these people that have been overcomers. So there's hope for every one of us. And we can have that life that God has intended for us to have. But pride, pride is a big sin. Pride is a big obstacle that we have to overcome when asking for help. So this is what I want you to think about. When we're confessing our sins, that James chapter 5, verse 16, and praying for each other to be healed. And trusting the prayers of those friends, family, that pray for us. One of the things we may want to say to them is, will you really pray for me that I have the courage to go get the help that I need? And not just read my Bible and pray and talk about it. 
but really seek out the help I need to get me to the next level. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we finish. How do I know when I need help? Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much, always, for just joining in and listening to some of this and, and really being willing to look at all these different ways to be the best version of you and to certainly enjoy yourself as much as God enjoys you. And that's one of the greatest gifts God can give us is that he's glad that we were made. He's glad that he thought you up that he designed you, that he knit you together, and that you appeared on the planet, and you're here. He's very happy. The only time we have ever heard God lament is really when he said to Jesus, wow, dude, it would have been better if he'd never been born. And he said it with compassion because Judas never got it. He, never, he was with Jesus three, three years, three and a half years, always with him, never got it. Jesus knew that Judas was stealing from him all the time. And he finally said at the Last Supper, he looked at Judas and he said, hey, go do whatever you need to do. Go do what you need to do. Because he knew that he was going to be sold. He knew that Judas would betray him. And he looked at him and he said, wow, it'd be better if you were never born. Because Jesus knew what Judas was going to have to face. He's going to have to face the fact that he had all the information, all the help, all the forgiveness, all the support of a community of guys that were all working on it together. He had everything, and he still didn't get it. So that's sobering to me. Nobody names their kid Judas, right? <laughs> Nobody. People name their kid Noah. You know, he's the one that he, you know, did the ark and... When they finally landed after 40 days of water and rain, he got off the boat and got drunk. Okay. But we name our kids Noah. How about Jonah? Jonah's like a really kind of a big baby. And I hope nobody gets offended by this. But, you know, he's the one that, you know, never wanted to do what God asked him to do. Walked in the complete opposite direction. Finally finds himself on a boat. The boat is now sinking. All the people on the boat are having to throw things overboard, hoping that they're going to survive. And Jonah says, I'm sorry. It's all about me. It's me. I brought this bad luck to the boat because I didn't do what God asked me to do. And so I guess you guys are going to have to throw me overboard. I mean, really, Jonah doesn't even throw himself overboard. He makes everybody else do that, too. But you know what? He got it. And we name our kids Jonah. We name our kids Peter. Peter denied Christ three times publicly. This is the thing. It isn't about our mistakes. It's about, are we going to get it? Are we going to be humble enough to be who God is asking us to be, knowing that God can overcome and forgive anything, and he can make it right, and he can restore? And so why are we not taking a chance, a risk on who God has created to help us? There are so many people doing so many things to help humans. I, I was amazed. I had this thought the other day that, you know, everything that we do is for humans, actually, on this planet. Everything we do is for humans. Take, making food, restaurants, building things, cars, clothes, makeup, music, 
books, sports, right? It's all about humans having lives. So I want to encourage you to go out and get it. Take it. Take hold of the life that God has for you. And do not let pride get in the way of you being all that God has asked you to be and wants you to be and knows you can be. So how do you know when you need help and that you shouldn't do it yourself? Well, let me just tell you this. If the problem is enduring, okay, if it's been around for longer than a year, okay, that would be a good indicator. How about what if it's dangerous? If what you're doing is dangerous, that's a really good way to know, I probably need to go get some help with this. And it could be just as simple as being accountable to somebody for the way you drive. What if you drive too fast, okay? That can be dangerous. What if it's just as simple as, you know, I'm just not managing my money very well. Maybe I need to go talk to a money manager and have them help hold me accountable so that I'm responsible with the money that God's given me. You know, maybe it's serious enough as I have a drug problem. Maybe, maybe it, it's chemicals. Maybe it's crystal meth. It's Oxycontin. It's any of the, it's the pain meds. Wow, these are dangerous, dangerous things if we're not doing them as prescribed. And they ruin our lives and the lives of people that love us. What if it's, uh, wow, I found myself having an affair. This can be extremely dangerous. So think about, these are the majors. It's illegal, it's immoral, it's unethical, it's hurtful, it's dangerous. And listen, you're in a good club. That's what humans do. Humans do immoral, illegal, unethical, hurtful, dangerous things. Just read the Bible. Read the latest uh, tabloid. Look online. Read the news feed. This is the human condition that we are struggling with. But there's help. And the smart people get help. So maybe I don't want to ask for help because I'm embarrassed. Okay, I get that one. Oh, boy, do I get that one. Like, I should have gotten over this. I should be doing better. I should be able to overcome this. I should not have this problem, right? All that thinking is totally unproductive, but it's very powerful and it can be very paralyzing. So we know the enemy of our soul wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And then he uses condemnation to stop us, inhibit us, embarrass us out of getting the help that we need. And so maybe we're struggling with the fact that I know I need help, but I'm the one that caused the problem. Well, <laughs> how common is that, right? I just really want us to be honest with ourselves. Generally, a lot of the problems that we have are our own problem. We caused a lot of them. And it may be that somebody in their problematic life caused a problem for me. And instead of getting the help for that problem, I added more problems to the problem they gave me, right? So we know that we struggle with this. And just if, if I'm to blame for my own circumstance, that still doesn't negate the need for help to change it and that I'm worth helping. So maybe we're embarrassed. We shouldn't have that kind of problem. Well, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't struggle with that. Maybe we're afraid to be found out. We're afraid, you know, if I do tell someone I have this problem and I do get help, what if they reject me? What if they judge me? What if they say to me, hey, sorry, there's no help for that? Yeah, I think you're doomed. I know and you know that's not God. That's not how he talks, and that's not how he talks to his people. So what if we're a part of the problem? What if we're the one that's really making the problem continue? 
So why don't we just get the help that we need? See, we need to go back to faith and wisdom of a child. Children need to learn to be ashamed for asking for help. They learn to be ashamed. Little children always ask for help. Sin causes shame and causes us to hide, just like Adam and Eve hid in the garden. They hid from God, and they really desperately needed his help. So this is really important, that we remind ourselves that we need to keep asking until we get what we need, because we're worth it. You see, there's power in helping, and there's power in being helped. And remember how we talked about the gentleman who helped Jesus carry his cross. Don't rob yourself or others of either getting help or being allowed to help. See, asking for help can be very scary. But it really is one of the bravest things that you could ever do. So I want you to be a leader in your family. I want you to be a leader in your community in your group of friends, at your job. I want you to give people permission to get help. So if you get help, you give people permission to give help. If you're willing to get help, you show people that this is kind of what smart people do. This is what healthy people do. So I don't want you to look back and your number one regret is your pride and your shame. And how much that stole years and years of your life from you. Years that you could have been enjoying, that you could have been productive. Because you were too afraid, too ashamed, too embarrassed to get the help you needed. See, this is what's so hard, is that when we, when we have too much pride, when we have too much shame, when we think we have to be, you know, a a sole provider of all of our needs, then you're going to look back and see this precious thing that you lost because you were afraid to ask for help. That you were too embarrassed to address a need or a deficit or a wound or a problem. So I want you to get over yourself. I have to get over myself, so you can do that with me. We just need to get over it, right? So that we can be all that God has asked us to be and enjoy the life that God has for us. And enjoy the people that are in our life and help them be restored versus being the person they have to go get therapy over, right? I always say to my clients, well, you know, this is why I'm so proud of you for being here in my office. You're here because of someone else that you're having to get over. Well, you're going to become the person that people don't have to get over. You're going to become the person that nobody has to go to therapy because of you. Now, I want you to be the person that people go to therapy because they see the power in getting help. Whatever the therapy is, financial, spiritual, emotional, psychological, physical, financial, relational, whatever it is, take advantage of the experts in your community that want to help. See, this is the thing. It doesn't just affect you. I wish we could kind of localize our problems so that it just affected us. And we like to think that if people don't know about it or know the specifics, that somehow it's not affecting them. I mean, wouldn't that be nice? Again, I can't tell you how worth 
the effort you are. God thinks you are worth it. God has moved heaven and earth to help you get what you need so that you can be with him for eternity. So God's not embarrassed about his children and the struggles that they have, no matter how egregious they are. All of his children have done egregious things. And God is not embarrassed about them. He just wants to help them. He's not embarrassed about how despicable, how stupid, how messy their lives are. He has never, not once, apologized for his people. So follow the lead of Jesus. Let someone help you deal with the cross in your life. What a magnificent thing to do for others, for yourself, and for God. Do you know what comfort it brings God when he sees his people being cared for and loved and healed and tended to? When he sees them being all that he has created them to be and he gets so much enjoyment. You, you look at your, you know, your children. Don't you love to see them flourish? It's so fun to see the people that you love flourishing. That's a gift that we can give to God if we are willing to do it. So please remember, God has been on this planet. He knows how hard it is down here. He knows how painful it is. He knows how tempting it is. Think of Jesus when he had to go out into the desert and deal with those temptations. He knows what it's like to have to overcome. He knows what it's like to be hurt and wounded by people that he loved. He knows what it's like to be unpopular, to be misunderstood, to be judged, to be condemned. So you're in good company and you are worth getting whatever it is that you need. Please don't apologize for what you need. This is Cynthia I with Conversations with Cynthia. Have a blessed week. Join me next week. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah,